Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. This is the end of the first lesson. The Holy Gospel is written in the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, beginning at the 19th verse. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where his nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand, and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise be to thee, O Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus looks at Thomas and says, Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. I decided to look up some quotes on doubt 
and it was rather a fascinating Google search. One of the reasons that Nietzsche dismissed Christianity was because he, he, he thought that Christians saw doubt as a sin, but I doubt he was correct. In contrast, Paul Tillich says that doubt is not the opposite of faith, it is an element of faith. And Descartes made a similar point when he said, if you would be a real seeker after truth, it is necessary at least once in, in your life that you doubt, as far as possible, everything. I rather enjoyed Jan Martel in Life of Pi, who said this, we are permitted to doubt, but to choose doubt as a philosophy of life is akin to choosing immobility as a means of transport. <laughs> I thought that was rather good. So was, uh, was Thomas doubting Thomas or believing Thomas? Uh, I would be amazed if any of us have never doubted. But equally, I expect that there are some here now who have doubted in the past, but don't doubt now. It is possible then to move from doubt to faith. And Thomas moved from profound doubt in the resurrection of Jesus to a very remarkable confession of faith, as remarkable as any in the New Testament, as he cried out to Jesus, who he was struggling to believe had been raised from the dead, my Lord and my God, a great confession of faith. So what shall we do with our doubts if we have them? One commentator has put it like this. Jesus was not hard on Thomas for his doubts. Despite his skepticism, Thomas was still loyal to the believers. There he was, in the house, behind locked doors with them. And indeed, he had not abandoned following Jesus just because he had doubts. Very good point. Very good observation of the facts of the case. There was Thomas with the twelve. A whole week went by from when he heard the story of the resurrection, which he, had, which he was struggling to believe, until he saw Jesus himself. And that week might represent where some of us are today, or might well represent where we have been at various times in our life. And it might well be where members of our family are now, or friends for whom we care and pray. We ask, or they ask, are these Christians telling the truth is it possible? Could Jesus really be Lord and God? Can there actually be life after death, life that defies the natural laws and enables a risen person to be unrestricted by time and space? The doors were locked when Jesus appeared amongst them. Can we really believe that there is another form of existence to which all believers are headed? So doubt can push us in two ways. It could have pushed Thomas away. After that first report, he could have concluded that they were all deranged or deluded, gone mad or misled. He could have walked away from faith at that point. And our doubts can lead us that way. Sometimes when people uh, suffer loss or bereavement, uh, they doubt and are pushed away from God towards uh, stubbornness and, and a stubbornness to believe. And stubbornness can become a lifestyle. 
I used to believe, but I just, I can't believe it anymore because of what has happened. I had a very enjoyable golf day with my, with three of my favorite nephews this week. And I would say that all three are doubters at present. Interestingly, they all have sisters who are keen believers, but the boys are not. They're doubters. They're not rejectors of Christianity, but doubters. I love all three of them dearly. And two, I would say, are allowing their doubts to lead them to questions. And one is allowing his doubts to make him stubborn, obstinately unbelieving. And he will say things like this, I know nothing whatever about the Old Testament. He said this to me the other day. I know nothing whatever about the Old Testament, but I know that it's all made up. (laughs) Now, strangely, you may find this difficult to believe, he is actually a highly intelligent and sensible person with a successful career in property. Well, I don't know whether you have to be either intelligent or sensible to have a successful career in property, actually, but he is. Uh, He would be unlikely, I think, to make such an absurd comment about anything except religious faith. Doubt about religion has caused him stubbornly to adopt adopt a rather absurd position. I know nothing, but I know it's not true. Thomas, on, on the contrary, let his doubts lead him to questions, and questions lead to answers. If the answers are then accepted, as they were by Thomas then doubt has done good work. So if you found yourself doubting, do not stop there. Let your doubt deepen your faith as you search for the answer. I suppose it's one of the best known and loved resurrection stories and it leads uh, to a very uh, key saying of Jesus. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. People often ask, why doesn't God reveal himself so we can all see him? If we could see him, if I knew, then I would believe. The answer is, of course, that the relationships that we really value depend on trust. And trust is an expression of choice. I choose to love my wife and be faithful to her, and she does the same. If I had no choice, there would be no need for trust. I do not know for certain that she will continue to be faithful to me and to love me, and I cannot be certain that I will continue to love her and be faithful to her, but I trust that that is so. And that makes the relationship rich because we have chosen it. It is not forced upon us. It is not based on knowledge, but trust. Faith is a deeper value than knowledge. The relationship that we have with God is a relationship based upon faith, and faith is a matter of choice. It is not forced upon us by knowledge. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed Blessed are you. Let's pray. As we navigate uh, our lives uh, through 
what is often a complex and confusing world. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, that uh, even when we are surrounded by those who do not or cannot or will not believe, even when our own doubts crowd in, help us to choose to put our trust in you, as Thomas did, to cry out, my Lord and my God. Whatever happens, we will keep faith with you as you keep faith with us. And as we sit here in peace and uh, quiet and safety here, we recognize that all around the world, our brothers and sisters, perhaps assailed with the same doubts that we are at times, asking the same questions that we are asking, might at any moment hear a knock on the door and be uh, their lives come into great danger because of their trust in you. Help us to recognize that faith in such circumstances is very costly. And we pray for them, that you would keep them faithful, even as we, in our relative comfort, are faithful here. And we ask that your kingdom will come. Amen.